we are back. I uh, just want to start by giving a huge shout out to everybody who listened to our first episode. Um, again, I couldn't have done it without you guys. Um, and this is all for you guys. So again, just huge thanks. And hopefully I can keep putting out good content that keeps everybody coming back. I am very excited about today's episode. Uh, if you ask me my opinion of who the most important person that the average person has not heard of, it would probably be Bob Lazar. So I bet you're asking yourself, who is Bob Lazar? Because again, he's not that well known of. In short, Bob Lazar was a physicist who worked at the Los Alamos National Laboratories in New Mexico. I'm gonna go ahead and get this out of the way. Bob Lazar is a gentleman who claims to have worked on propulsion that defies physics. Um, what I'm pretty much beating around the bush and saying is he is someone who claims to have directly worked with UFOs. I know, I know. You automatically have that knee-jerk reaction of this dude's crazy. Which, to be honest, I'm not really here to argue. Rather, he is or is not. I'm not really here to argue if this is true or if this is not. What I am here to argue is he deserves a chance to be heard. He deserves a chance for people to hear him open-mindedly, to hear all he has to say, and then cross-examine it with things we can prove and kind of see where that leaves him in the end. So what I do want to do with this episode is look at some very key points of evidence that seem to corroborate his story, or at the very least, make him seem more believable. So at the end of the day, you feel more educated to make a decision on your own. So with that, I give you episode two, Bob Lazar, part one. By entering this listening space, you have chosen to subscribe to neither the mainstream nor the fringe, but rather a logical hybrid where rational meets ridiculous and the truth is sometimes more fantastic than the reality you've been told. Join me on this learning adventure as we try and make sense of paradigm-shifting theories wrought with conspiracy, but sometimes turn out to be more fact than fiction. This is Not Another Tinfoil at a Rational Conspiracy Podcast. So now that I've kind of given you guys a background on Bob Lazar, we're going to start with some of the concrete facts we do know about him. Um, he was born Robert Scott Lazar. He was very interested in physics, science in general, from a very young age. This would later fuel his interest in physics, um, prodding him to get a degree from both MIT and Caltech. Sadly, it is this early in the story where we run into some issues verifying Mr. Lazar's education. That all being said, the open-mindedness is going to have to start from step one when it comes to Mr. Lazar's story. Uh, sadly, there are going to be several instances throughout this story where he does claim the government did completely erase the existence of whether it be his education or his employment history. Um, honestly, just stopping at no links to discredit Mr. Lazar um, at any point they possibly can. I will say it seems that... Uh, in the story they actually did about Mr. Lazar in the 80s when he originally came forward saying all of these things, 
they actually did manage to prove that somebody somewhere was suppressing uh, his employment at the Los Alamos National Laboratory there in New Mexico. When the investigative journalist covering the story called the labs and asked if Robert Lazar had ever been employed there, they initially lied. Um, then upon further investigation, the journalist actually visited the laboratories and found an old company directory that had Mr. Lazar listed as an employee. Although it wouldn't be unusual for a lab such as Los Alamos to deny record of someone working there, just due to classified things they may be working on there or, um, you know, just fear of corporate espionage. There's just multiple possibilities uh, as to why they would be dishonest about Mr. Lazar's employment there. But it does let us know Mr. Lazar was indeed a physicist. Uh, this, you know, this national laboratory would not hire somebody straight out of high school unless he was doing their janitorial work. And that is my first piece of evidence that I want to present as a reason to kind of believe what he says. They found a company directory, hard print, that he did work there. He was employed by them. Someone did cover it up. So now we have to ask ourselves, what was the motive? Put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in the shoes of someone who would not want something getting out such as he's proposing. Would you erase someone's work history? Would you erase someone's school records? Well, Bob Lazar claims they have and they will. Stop at nothing to make sure that their secrets stay secret. I do feel like another important bit to add in here would be that if you were so inclined to believe Bob to the extent of taking the word of his friends, um, his friends have gone on record multiple times saying they dropped him off at Caltech multiple times at the library. Um, they know that he moved there. So, you know, same thing for MIT. Uh, it comes to a certain point where they kind of said either he was going to college there or he was doing a very good job pretending, um, which that kind of, um, you know, that kind of struck a chord with me because I really think that the only conclusion a person could come to after hearing all the facts that I'm going to be giving you guys is that either this man was severely, severely uh, mentally disturbed to the point where he would create this entire second life for himself or the kind of more believable conclusion, um, which I think you'll agree after hearing the things that I'm going to tell you, would be that Mr. Lazar is indeed telling the truth. I'd say the next thing that Bob really has going for him that looks good is the fact that he knew of a place called S4 that there had been no prior news articles to, no one else in the news talking about they had worked there, no public knowledge of a place, but he knew. So imagine everything you've ever heard about Area 51 and crank that up another notch. Uh, we're talking S4 is the most secure base as far as Bob Lazar describes it. He describes a hand scanner that literally measures the length of the bones in your hand, which is apparently unique to each person. You're issued a new badge daily. You're literally not allowed to contact, speak with, mingle with 
anyone at work who is not your designated buddy. Meaning they want to keep all aspects of the project separate so you're not intermingling and putting together these technologies understanding what the bigger picture looks like. This is known as compartmentalizing which is normally only done at the highest levels of top secret. I'd say at this point it almost looks like Bob really knows what he's talking about. George Knapp, the investigative journalist who initially handled the story in 1989, I believe it was, he actually had to call an Air Force base and have them confirm the existence of S-4 because, again, no stories existed, no reference for Bob to pull from to know that this place existed and how the inner workings of top secret projects were handled. So I want to leave you guys with a couple of questions. If you think that Bob had another way of knowing that S4 existed, drop it in the comments. I want to hear. Because um, I'm definitely interested to hear what everyone thinks. And next, was his education erased? Was his work history erased? Or maybe he wasn't telling the truth. But I would think after hearing all that we've said, He's probably telling the truth. And I think that's the scariest part of it all. Did our own government try to erase this man's existence because he knew too much? Until next week, this is Not Another Tinfoil Hat, a Rational Conspiracy Podcast. Again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, everyone who's just kind of along for the journey with me learning as I learn um yeah I just I'm doing this for you guys and couldn't do it without you thanks